There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWireSports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Before we start this week's episode of Bench with Bubba, a couple things to talk to you about. First being the QuantEdge.com new website that I'll be writing for for this fantasy baseball DFS season. They started with football, they went to basketball, and now they've added baseball. Tons of great tools, lineup optimizer, park factors, umpires, pitch types. They're adding so many more as we go. Plus great content behind the paywall. Myself writing four to almost seven days a week on the batter breakdown, pitching articles, game-by-game previews, betting articles, so, so much more to cover all of your baseball needs over at thequantedge.com. And if you want to try out the season package, use promo code Bubba and you'll save $25. Season package, MLB DFS, all the tools, all the private Discord chat, all the articles, save 25 bucks using promo code Bubba. If you just want to try out all the sports, all the betting tools, all that fun stuff for just one month, Use promo code Bubba for $19.99 locked in price for the first month over there at thequantedge.com. So go check them out. Really great stuff they have going over there at thequantedge.com. Also, if you like playing DFS, you like playing a different type of format, it's called prop bets. Not picking a lineup, no drafting, none of that. Just prop bets. Go to Thrive Fantasy in your app store. Check them out. Thrive Fantasy. Tons and tons of fun. Right now, you get a free $10 in your Thrive Fantasy account by using promo code SPORTSDGENS. So go check it out. Thrive Fantasy. It's pretty fun. There's 20 prop bets to choose from. You pick 10 and then two ice picks in case your other guys get scratched and you have your lineup for the night. There's different price pools, different all kinds of cool stuff over there at Thrive Fantasy. Use promo code SPORTSDGENS for a free $10 into your Thrive Fantasy account when you make your first deposit. Also, if you can get a rating review over on iTunes, I'd much, much appreciate it. It would help me out. All the great guests we're having, all the great content we're putting out there. Help move us up the ladder a little bit so more and more people could hear Bench with Bubba and we could do bigger and better things. With all that being said, welcome to Bench with Bubba, episode 158 with Fantasy Front Office Phil. Talking all things fantasy baseball, week two waiver wires, week the first weekend highlights, and much, much more. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Benched with Bubba, episode 
58, and we have some real baseball to talk about. Real baseball. Last recording was opening day. We kind of have a feel for things. Now, we have at least four games in the books for many teams. In order to break it all down with me, got a friend from Fantasy Front Office, good guys over at Fantasy Front Office, to join me. Find him on Twitter, at the Baseball Jedi. All I know you as is FFO Phil. Phil, how we doing, man? Uh, everything's, man. Everything's great. I love life. Baseball, like you said, back. Um, getting some nicer weather. It's been a little rainy here in St. Louis, but I'm okay with that. You know, we had, you know, a really, really cold, brutal winter here. I'm just ready for all that to be behind us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, it is baseball time. And, you know, just the weather part, we got lucky we're going to do some kind of first weekend takeaways later, but we only had one rainout. We're used to all kinds of weather problems early yeah. in the season. And I might have jinxed us now. We might have a horrible week coming up, but to only have one rainout, that's pretty darn impressive. So yeah, and no one really likes the Reds anyway. So, <laughs> and if you guys missed it the first time, he's in St. Louis. Um, <laughs> yeah, Phil is a big Cardinals fan, so let that be known. Um, I love the I love the rivalry. That's what's great about sports, great about baseball. And uh, you know, you probably you probably didn't break your heart seeing Sonny Gray uh, get shelled. So probably good things there. Zero shares. So yeah, fun to watch. Zero shares. Um, what do you got, guys? What do you guys got going over there? Fantasy front office, anything coming up for you guys? Uh, no, we're just doing uh the the pod. We'll record that tomorrow. We actually did a, a random segment where they had me. They gave me a list of things to record solo. So that was the first time we'd done that. I think Jared's going to do some magic and kind of piece some stuff together. So I am uh, looking forward to hearing that because I'm not sure how that's going to really turn out. I kind of rambled on for like ten minutes. Um, but that, that happens sometimes. So, uh, that's, what's going on over there. I'm, I'm trying to get back into, uh, to writing a little bit. It sucks, man. Like I just don't have the drive to write. Like I can talk about baseball all day long, but when you put me in front of a computer, I just get so distracted with other things and I never get anything to on, on paper. I'm a hundred percent with you there. That's why I, for years I said I'm going to write. I've become, I made it a point to write more and more, but that's why I like the podcast. Cause I can sit and talk baseball all day long. And uh, I'll get my thoughts out that way. And sure, you know, if you want to do something in the industry or whatnot, you need to write more. So I'm trying to make an effort in that direction. But I am with you, man. It's uh, it's one of those, like, you have to put your phone away. You got to turn the TV. Like, it's just, it sucks. It's like being, yeah. <laughs> being back in school when you know everything you want to talk about. You just can't put it down there. So I, I feel you 110% not easy at all. But uh, let's do the latter. Let's have some fun talking some baseball. Let's talk some recent news. Um, some injuries, shocker, more injuries coming down. Giancarlo Stanton hurts his bicep, bicep strain. Those are big biceps. So bicep strain, he came out and said he hurt it, I think, in his third at bat, thought it was just a twinge, played through it, hurt it worse. Um, He's not going to play or do anything for two weeks. Then they figure it out from there. What's your thoughts on Giancarlo's injury? I'm really scared. Um, anytime that you have something where you play through it and you thought it was fine, and then at the end of the game you figure out that it's not, chances are, A, you would probably did more damage, um, and B, it's probably something that's going to linger. Um, so I, I'm just uh, I'm kind of afraid for redrafts. Yeah, no, it is pretty terrifying there. Um, yeah, lingering power-wise, stand not good. So mm-hmm. we'll have to, to wait and see how that one plays out. Uh, they called up Clint Frazier today, so that's good. Any um, any desire to go make a push to go grab some Clint Frazier? No, not in any leagues I'm in. Um, I'm pretty diversified as far as uh, outfield is. So, um, 
not scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. All right. Looking at a, another New York injury came down a couple hours ago. Uh, Miguel Andujar has got a, like a, a shoulder labrum tear, which is just all of that sounds horrible. And he's out for a few weeks and he'll get reevaluated. There's season-ending surgery on the table. Um, any Andy Har shares and scare there? Yeah, actually, we just did the uh, fantasy front office uh, dynasty. Um, just just started it uh, this year, and I got myself an Andy Har share. I thought I got a good value on him at seventeen bucks, and this happened. So uh, apparently, no one is safe. It doesn't matter how old, young, whatever. Um, it just really sucks. I thought I was going to get some good home run potential from him in that Yankee Stadium, but. I guess we'll figure out who else they throw there. Yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to fix this because they already have uh, Glaber playing elsewhere. I guess maybe Tulo mm-hmm. goes to third. That's that's what you're not Tulo. Um, Yalamehu can go over to third until Didi comes back. So it makes that Tulo signing look even more appealing. Um, if Lemayhu or Tulo are out there on your waiver wires, do you have any desire to go grab them? LeMahieu I like. He's really intriguing because especially in Yankee Stadium, I think he could see a power uptick, and he's always had the batting average where I know it was Coors uh, that was inflating that a lot, but, I mean, he's a line drive hitter. He, he's he's a decent hitter. He's just not anything that fantasy-wise we've really been too excited about because he didn't really give us the counting stats that we were looking for. He never was like a big power guy, never was a big stolen base guy. He was always like a 10-10 kind of guy with a good average. Um, but you know, I could easily see in Yankee Stadium. I mean, you see anybody hit twenty home runs there, and if he can keep his batting average where it's supposed to be, I mean, I think that's a decent value. That yeah, could be a really interesting play there. Uh, you put on the show notes here. Glaber Torres left the game today. I missed that. What's the latest and greatest with Glaber? I saw a tweet about that, and honestly. Should have looked in farther, a little bit deeper, because I just saw the tweet and I just passed along. Um, I honestly have no idea what's going on. I know he just left the game today, and I didn't get a chance to watch. Give me one second here. I'll give you some good radio, and I'll go on the great Twitter bug, and I'll look at one of their beat writers here for the Yanks and see what they have to say. Aaron Judge reaction to no, that's not what we're looking for. Tyler Wade, no, not looking for. Uh, Tyler Wade got the call in the seventh inning to come to Scranton, so there's the guy getting called up for. Uh, Miguel Andujar, if anybody's curious on that one. Um, other than that, there's nothing on – oh, someone just tweeted at me that they would eat a raw potato if Glaber was hurt. Weird place to go. So, um, yeah, Torres is sitting on the bench, but he looks okay. So nothing too worrisome in the New York world for now. That could change. We'll see. But uh, it's already bad enough with Giancarlo. Andujar's down. Severino's still not back. Um, the pinstripe faithful must be um, hurt. And it was a week ago I picked them to win the uh, AL East and go to the ALCS. So – Life sucks right about now. Comes at you quick. Yeah, life comes at you quick. Ask Daniel Murphy how life comes at you quick. He broke the tip of his finger. Um, they called it like a mallet bone in his so, finger. So just the tip? Yeah, just the tip. Daniel Murphy, he played the game called Just the Tip and it backfired. And now he's going on the DL for quite some time. Um, they called up uh, uh, Valeka to fill in. Not Rymel Tapia. Why would you do such a thing? No, no need Rockies. No need for that. So they call it Pat Valeka. How do you think this injury plays out for the Rockies? Like, who who benefits from this? Uh, no fantasy owner whatsoever. Um, <laughs> because I honestly think that they're probably going to play Mark Reynolds uh, at first base. And it's just unfortunate because they do have such 
awesome talent in the minor leagues and on their current roster, but they decide to do the Rocky way. And, you know, we have the Cardinals way here in St. Louis, they have the Rocky way out there and it's to basically just run their prospects into the ground, and not do anything for them. Yeah. As um, I believe it was donkey teeth. No, no, it was not donkey teeth. Um, it was Brandon Myers, his co-host told me on one of the podcasts a long time ago, when it comes to the Rockies, just consider them the Rocky Mountain Mets, that they're going to do everything they can to screw up a roster. And it's so true. It's what they do. Um, so, yeah, it, it, when they called it Pat Vileka, I started laughing. I was like, you could have easily moved Ian Desmond back to first, played Ryan Maltappi in the outfield. That would have made too much sense. Or, you know, you can move McMahon back to first and play Garrett Hampson. Right. That makes too much sense. Um, there, there's a lot of ways to do this. Maybe Vileka is just a utility guy off the bench, and they do something along those lines. But – when they made that move, I'm sitting there going, are you serious right now? Like, are you serious? A guy that's played just the tip and loss, and this is how you're going to treat it? Like, really? We had our chance here, and that's what they did. So, Rockies go full Rockies, and I like them in the West. So, it'll be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, Justin Upton, big, big injury. He's going to be out for multiple months now, probably three or three months or so, eight to ten weeks. Turf um, toe, man. Yeah, when, when he's getting old. He's getting old, and it's just not healing up like it used to. When uh, the fountain of youth, the HGH, whatever is used, and disappears – Things get cleared up pretty quick. So are you holding on to Justin Upton if you own him, or are you just saying, you know what, screw it? In a redraft, like let's say 15-team, you probably have to hold. Um, anything less than 15, I think you probably cut him at this point. Yeah, that, that's the hard part because I've heard people mention it, so I want to just talk about it, that people are looking to cut him. And I get it if he's out for two to three more months, which it looks like, and he's got a bad toe you know, rehab to play in, it might end up being three, three and a half months because he can't run, obviously, when you have turf toe to get ready. So you have to kind of wonder where it's all going to go. But um, we know how good he is and how consistent he is. It's like what you hear every draft season, the moniker of how consistent uh, Justin Upton is. So I'm curious to see how that plays out. But you drop him in 12 teams or less, huh? Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, I mean, it depends on obviously if you have the IL spot at this point, because I mean, you're not dropping him if you have the spot available. That's just stupidity. But you know what I mean? So I mean, throw him there if you do. But if you're a guy that's a a Severino owner, and you know, let's say, Stanton, you're probably gonna hold on to Severino and Stanton versus, you know, you're you're going to cut bait probably. Yeah, very true. Um, Let's talk about a guy that many people have cut bait on. His name is Hunter Strickland. Um, You know, big saves over in Japan, leading the world in saves, going to be the next Edwin Diaz. Not really, just kidding there. But um, he goes out there, he's wiggling his arm, can't get loose, gives up a Jimmy Jack, and next thing you know, he's got a a latch strain, which is going to be tough to heal up. How do you look at Hunter Strickland? Pretty much everywhere I've heard people are saying, drop him. What are your thoughts? Yeah, there's no way that I, I I wasn't a guy that as a fan of picking up guys that are bad pitchers with with the closer role in the first place, and I feel like that's what he is. Um, that's that part, and then the other part of it is is the lat injury is almost impossible to heal from. Um, so I just don't think that that's something where he's going to heal fully this year. And if he does, it's just not going to be the same. That's one of my biggest fears is, like you said, to heal from that is just not common that fast. It's one of those kind of lingers, those, those soft t- muscle tissue type injuries. There's really, like they set a timetable, but there's really no timetable. Like those just heal at a weird, weird rate. Uh, Anthony Swarzak's coming back Tuesday or Wednesday this week. Uh, you saw Cody Gearing get some saves. And then Chase, uh, what's his name, got one on Sunday. How do you assess the Mariners situation if you're going to hit the waiver wires? 
Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> sums it up right there. That sums it up. Yeah. Um, I think Swarzak probably has the, the best shot at it, but I don't think he's a good pitcher anyways. Uh, so, yeah, I think I think I'm probably staying away from there unless it's like you are desperate for saves. Yeah, and some people are, so we'll have to see how that one plays out. Um, let's talk Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Joey Wendell has the uh, the IL for at least 10 days. It means more playing time for Brandon Lau. I can't believe that's how they pronounce that name. Brandon Lau getting more playing time. He went deep on Monday. What's your interest in a guy like Brandon Lau? I'm interested in why he pronounces his name Lau. I didn't know that that was a thing. I thought it was low. Yeah, uh, go look at the, look Lowell at brothers, right? I mean, that's what people talk about. That's what I thought, but go look at the roster research. It's Lau and Nathan does it low. They do them two different ways just to make things more fun. Yeah, people are going to swap those up. Anyways, um, I really like him. He's a really intriguing bet. Uh, I actually hit a home run tonight. Um, so that's he's they gave him his contract and he's going to play. Yeah, no doubt. That's what I'm kind of wondering how that all plays out. Like, do you think there's a place that if he keeps hitting, like, you know, you went, like you said, he went deep tonight, hits while Wendell's out, that uh, Lau has an everyday time, even when Wendell comes back? See, that's the thing is I think Wendell reminds me a lot of uh, what we were just talking about, um, DJ LeMahieu, where he's a he's a better overall player in real life than fantasy. So if he if you probably want the role to go the other way, um, but I think in in real life, I think the Rays are pretty smart. So I think Wendell is going to find a spot somewhere. Now, again, the Rays are pretty smart. They've been DHing Lowell, so I'm, they might just continue to do that anyways. Um, so I, I don't know. You know, I think that I think they're going to find at bats for all the people. I think they mix and match very well, and I think they're probably going to get 450 or 500 bats from a lot of different people. Yeah, that's what makes it tough to do the fantasy world with them. But a lot of talented players, just a matter of how the playing time shakes out. Uh, last piece of news real quick. It dropped right after the Andahar news came out, and it's pretty devastating. Number three overall prospect, Hunter Green, is going to need Tommy John surgery. Really doesn't have a fantasy impact for us now. You know, Dynasty League guys, if you have him, you're probably not going to drop him. He's that darn good. But uh, any just thoughts on Hunter Green, just another young stud needing Tommy John surgery? It's like every single time we get a really good stud that's coming up and that hasn't had it yet. I mean, we were just talking earlier. It, every single one of them has it at some point in the minors. Not It's not when they're getting in the majors anymore. Like, that's what we used to see is is when they would come up, they would get used, and then they would have to get Tommy John. And, oh, my God, you get a year off. Uh now it's they're they're using that Tommy John early and often in the minors, and I just I'm not sure if it's something that's a philosophy change or if it's something where they're just you know whatever. If it, if there's a little tear, okay, their recommendation now is surgery. Um, but it's just it's sad. It really is. Um, he's a really 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 elite arm. Um, same thing with Michael Kopik last year. Uh, I mean. Brent Honeywell. Yeah. You just go down the list. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's everyone. I mean, Alex Reyes, like uh, it's, it's every single one. So, I mean, it's just sad to see like everyone that you think is like, Oh my God, this guy's going to be the next thing. They all have had it. Yeah. And the, the sad thing is, is there's going to be more this year. So yeah. sit back and wait and watch. It's yeah. coming. It's coming. Just don't get too attached to anybody. Like I, I, like, I don't want to say it, but I want to say it just like, 
would it shock you if all of a sudden they say, like, hey, Chris Paddock or something like that? Just, there you go. You need another young guy. Man, he, he just got back from it, though. Yeah, was, Kopech said it before, too. That's true. But he also grows like one four. As I was saying, he's got his <laughs> rear back and fire. It's a little different game. Paddock's got that change it from the gods. Yeah. That's just, that's just I a, think a falls off the table. Yeah, if, if a guy hits that, you earned it. It's just the base square, I'll say it. Like Joe Boo's not going to help you hit that, I'll tell you that much. Right. Um, let's talk about some weak and takeaways. We just mentioned Chris Paddock, who was lived up to the hype. Yes, my Giants are a triple-A offense at best, but still, he got out there. He got the job done. He made them look like a triple-A offense. That's what you want. Uh, let's talk Seattle Mariners, though. They do have two extra games on the ledger. We understand that. If you believe in that those games count or not, it's up to you. I'll understand both reasonings. But um, – they have 15 home runs on the earth. They had a big, big weekend against the Boston Red Sox. They took Chris Sale to pound town. There's a lot to like there with the Seattle Mariners, and they're already up 4 nothing in the first off of Chris Stratton on Monday night. Um, this offense, Beckham, Santana, Bruce even had a couple dongs over the weekend. There's so much to like there. What, what stands out to you with this Mariners offense? How sneaky it is, because I don't think anybody was talking about it going into the year. Like Everybody no was like, one. they're selling. They're going to be horrible. Like, right, <laughs> right, exactly. I think I think that sometimes, you know, us as fans, we see what's going on, and we don't think two steps ahead. We think of right now, and I think that that's what they did, is I think that they were looking around, and they, they saw value in a lot of different places because, you know, they, they swapped out Cruz and EE, and it's basically the same thing, but they got value back. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that they were doing the right thing. And and so they're a really intriguing team. That lineup from one to six, maybe even seven if you throw Healy up there, uh, is is really, is really awesome. And and not only that, you have D Gordon hitting nine. Yep. Yep. It, it, it's sneaky good. Like you said, Smith, Hanager, Santana, Bruce, E five, Beckham, Navarez, Healy, Gordon, like you all those, almost all those guys are going to be rostered in some league somewhere. Almost mm-hmm. all of them, and that's how crazy it is. We think about it because, like you said, as the offseason was going on, it was like, what are these guys doing? Like, really, what's what's dealing dealing Jerry making trades in his hospital bed after having a heart attack? Like, what is going right. on out here? Like, this guy is—he's got an itch worse than most people I know on, on Twitter, and uh, he scratched it, and he scratched it actually pretty well because uh, things are looking good there in Seattle. Um, Domingo Santana, just let's settle some hot takes here. Do you think he um, – what, what's your expectations for Domingo this year? Man, 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 I was, man, I was, I was pretty big down on him going into last year. Uh, uh, so I didn't – because I just didn't think he had a spot to play and it kind of came to fruition. So this year I really kind of like the like the train. Uh, I I don't think he's going to have as good of a year as he did in what was that, 17 ever again. But I think that he could be a really good asset especially for where he was going in leagues. And if you can get him as a trade trade candidate right now, I mean, he's the number three hitter in a, in a pretty potent lineup right now. I think you got to go for it. Yeah, I'm with you. And I was still surprised to see how many people weren't drafting him or was available in leagues. I know if it was 12 teams or less, I could see a little more appeal, but still surprised me. This guy's really, really good at hitting in the middle of that order. Uh, he said kind of a miniature Nelson Cruz in the making, it looks like to me. Like there's a lot to like there with this guy. So fun, fun stuff there. Let's talk the opposite end of the Seattle Mariners spectrum, and that is the Cleveland Indians. We know Francisco Lindor is out. <laughs> Kipnis is out. Uh, Jose Ramirez probably shouldn't be playing yet, but he is. The offense is dreadful. They hit a buck 33 over the weekend, a buck 33. The Giants hit buck 177. So that just puts it in. And the Indians struck out almost 40% of the time over the weekend. 
What's your thoughts on this offense? So I was actually Chris Towers, and I don't even know who it was. I saw what the name was, but I, I've never seen it before on Twitter. But Chris Towers and someone else were having a conversation today on Twitter about how um, basically the Cleveland Indians gave you know a middle finger to their fans and said, "We just we we know that we're probably going to win no matter what, so we're okay with even getting rid of some pieces instead of adding in our in our huge holes that we have in the outfield and you know our our depth all across the board basically is horrible." And then, you know, bad things started happening around them, like Lindor's injury, and now Lindor has the second injury, where it's the ankle injury now. Um, that was on his rehab assignment. So that's that's something going on. And it's I, I just don't think that that lineup is any good at all. And I really feel bad for the Jose Ramirez owners because you're really not going to get what you paid for because you're not going to get a lot of the counting numbers that you're plan- you were planning on getting from a number two, three hitter. Yeah, it's it's really, really bad. It's taking place there. The, the setback from Lindor is just tremendously bad. Um you know, yeah, Jose Ramirez, the knee contusion, see how that heals. It's bad. Like Jake Bowers, people are in love with, but what's he going to do with no one on base? Um, it's going to be rough. And I don't know what the Indians are thinking. I've been saying it all along. They're still trying to trade when they're starting pitchers. Right. So they, they I, I don't get it. Like, I know the division sucks, but the, the, the Twins are going to win it. Like, you're letting the Twins win this division, just so you know. Just keep screwing up, and you're letting the Twins win this division. Rather, no, easily might not be the right word, but the Twins are going to win this damn thing. And you have no one to blame but yourself. And it's going to be pretty bad. If I was an Indians fan, I'd be pretty pissed off right about now. It's pretty, pretty bad. Um, Again, we'll go flip back to a really, really good offense. A team that hit 14 home runs in their opening series against the Arizona Diamondbacks. Either the Diamondbacks pitching is that bad, or the Dodgers offense, who hit 327, only struck out 15% of the time. Again, 14 home runs, scored 42 runs. That's pretty darn good. Belly bombs with four homers. Jock's got a couple. Kiki's got a couple. What's your thoughts on this Dodgers offense? Because I am kind of scared right now. And they look good. They look really good. And if Jock Peterson, I know he's a really streaky hitter, but if he can hit the top of the lineup and actually take walks like he needs to, not strike out as much, I know that one's a huge leap. But, I mean, if he can continue to do what he's done in this very small sample size – that's going to be huge for the Seager, the Turner, and the Muncie, and people like that that are behind him. Yeah, that, that's, that's that lineup again is another one. I, sorry to cut you off, but that's that lineup is another one that's from top to bottom. There's there's no hole. You're not seeing anyone where you're like, oh my god, that's that's somebody where I'm going to get an easy out. Yeah, no, it's an interesting lineup. Like you said, if Jock jams it, and yes, he's going to be kind of platooning. That's what they're saying. Like that's how it's always been with jocks. You got to kind of keep an eye on that. But right. um, yeah, if he can lead off, we know what kind of power he can be. That can be something special. Um, Kiki Hernandez get the everyday role. He hit righties much, much better last year. Big fan of him. Bellinger was the one I was kind of fading all off season, and he's made me look real stupid early on, which I can make myself look stupid. I don't need any. <laughs> I don't need any help with that. And Bellinger, um, my God, that was that. That's, that was a hell of a weekend. Um, if you had to kind of pick and choose, maybe let's just have some fun with it because I'm a Giants fan. Who do you think doesn't, you know, this is just a, bl- a blip on the radar and they're really not this good? Um, Jack Peterson. 
Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, like, he, the, the, like the, the, the biggest the biggest sample size that he's shown us that uh, he's just not that great. I think Cody Bellinger going in the last year, some people were even saying that he was better than Judge. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that. I've just been off the train. There's so much swing and miss, so much weird play discipline for me in that lineup. I don't know why, but just doesn't work for me, and um, that, that's just my concern there. Um, what's your overall thought on their pitching staff? Because there's a lot of uh, questionable people there. It's a lot of questionable people, but they have depth for days, like always. Yeah. I mean, let me get to their minors. I'm sure they have like crazy amount of people down there too. Actually, not that much. Um, they got a couple of people in the minors that are prospect-wise I think would be interesting. But, um, you know, their, their rotation is probably seven at least deep. Yeah. And that's what allowed them to play that, that injury game. So, yeah, they're probably going to win the West again, and that sucks. That's just how it's going to go. Um, yeah, they, especially if, yeah. especially if Ryu, if he keeps yeah. pitching the way that he's done the last year and a half, man, he's he's been unhittable. Yeah, he's been pure filth. People forget he was injured for so long that uh, kind of made it really interesting there. But, yeah, he's, he's something special. Let's talk about a guy that had a rocky opening day. Velocity was down. People were concerned. He got paid, though, right beforehand. So don't worry about that, Boston fans. A lot of money's already taken away to that one. But Chris Sale got shellacked, just beat down by the previously mentioned Seattle Mariners. What level of concern are you with Chris Sale right now? None. None whatsoever. I mean, I mean, my thing is, is that he's Chris Sale. He's, he's as long as he's pitching, and as long as he's got his left arm that's attached to his body, I'm throwing him out there every fifth day. Yeah, that's what they're going to do. I'm just wondering because last year he saw some issues. He finally got missed some time. It's cost him the Cy Young. You know, they they got used him into the, the postseason, obviously, so they took him slow. I'm just wondering if he wasn't fully ramped up or what the deal was because it just it wasn't pretty at all. Yeah, but I was looking into uh, Brooks baseball earlier today whenever I was going through the show notes, and the one thing that and and I know it's terribly small sample size, so it's not really even that much of a, a blip on the radar. But his max velocity, not his average velocity for his fastball, but his max velocity, um, less right at 95. Last year in um, in March and April, it was close to 98. His max last year total was 101. So he's almost six, seven miles an hour slower than what he was um, at his peak midseason last year for his max velocity. So that's something to keep an eye on. If he can't get that back, I mean, that might be something because he does not pitch uh, – he doesn't just throw his hardest. I mean, he's a really good pitcher and he takes some off and he puts a little bit on when he needs to, if he doesn't have that little bit of extra, that's when he's going to get into trouble. And that's when I think he's going to have some big innings against him. All right. Let's talk about another guy that uh, Velo was, was kind of suspect. We've seen it year after year with him. He got beat down pretty good as well in that Dodgers uh, weekend of, of terror. Uh, Zach Greinke left with a 17.18 ERA. Talk about small sample size. I know. Three and two-thirds innings pitch, give seven runs, four home runs. Is that good? That's batting practice. Right. Um, I, I I think I've seen I think I've seen guys in the home run derby that could use four home runs. Um, what's your <laughs> what's what's your what's your thoughts on Granky? Like uh, Mike Piazza could have used him a couple times back in the day. 
too too soon on pool holes because when he was uh, in St. Louis, they did the. He, I think he got like zero or one. Um. <laughs> anyways, uh, Grinky's velocity is bad. Like his average velocity uh, is eighty eight point six right now, and so if you go back to seventeen, just in just in uh, March, uh, it's ninety point seven. So I mean, you're you're already two almost three full miles per hour different. Um, I mean, it's it's not good. He's he's trending in the wrong direction, and that's a lot of money left on that contract. The Diamondbacks fans oh. should be livid for what they're off season. Yeah. I know it's fantasy baseball related right here, and I get on some tangents sometimes, and I'm sorry, but the mm-hmm. dudes the dudes that the fans front office they're not. Yeah, they're all Diamondbacks fans, and they're not happy with me or the Cardinals for getting uh, Goldie for what they got him for, or for him signing an extension. Yeah, that, that Goldie was highway robbery. We could have fun with that for a long time. I listened to uh, in this league, and it's just pure comedy every time Goldie does something great. Oh yeah, um, it, it's like I literally make a point to tweet them and just see what's going on because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it yeah. is absolutely uh, it's an electric factory with those two. I don't- um, yeah, it's great. I just post in the fan front office chat. We have the group chat going, so I just post in there and then just duck out for a second because rage happens. Yes, I believe it. I believe. Yeah, you just do a little troll, drop off the message, and walk away. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> That's outstanding. That is really good stuff there. Um, yeah, Granky, it's, I, I wanted nothing to do with him. I haven't jumped on him recent in the last few years, and he's proven me wrong a couple times, but I still think there's – the end's coming for him sooner than later, and, and I'm not. You know, I'm not going to jump to the conclusions. There's only one star, a lot can change. We've seen the velo be down with him before, and he makes it work. But I don't know. You can only do that trick for so long before it catches up with you because you got to face the Dodgers a lot this year. You got the Rockies and can you imagine that that pitching uh, performance in Coors Field? That'd be outstanding. Well, even against the Rockies at home, what was it? That's two true. years ago, opening day when Story did the two jacks and. Uh... Who else had the two home runs that day? Like, it was a bad game for him then, too. Yeah, he's a slow starter. Slow starter. There that's, we that's go. Where, we'll go with that. He's a slow starter. Um, let's talk about a guy that's not a slow starter. His name's Christian Yellick. And he, for those that don't know, he won the MVP last year because he had one of the hottest, like, two-month stretches on the face of the planet. And he's picked right up where he left off. He's hitting 500. or no, 412. Sorry, I can't read. 412 on the season, which is pretty good. Um, he's striking out 8.7% of the time, small sample, but it's 23 uh, at-bats. He has four home runs, eight RBIs. He's he's just doing the, the Lord's work out there in Milwaukee. Um, I know it's, it hurts you to hear in Milwaukee, but um, is Yellick, is this really happening? Because I thought there was no way he could duplicate last season. Yeah, so if he keeps fit, uh, facing Cardinals pitching, uh, it's certain to happen all year because he has tore us up. Since the trade, I, I someone, uh, one of the radio hosts in St. Louis was talking about it the other day, um, how many home runs he's hit against St. Louis. I think it was like before the series, I think it was like seven or eight in like 17 games. So he's just torched us since the trade. And so, you know, it makes the Cardinals kind of more egg on their face with the Ozuna trade because, A, Ozuna was injured when we traded for him. B, Ozuna's doing almost nothing. And C, now Yelich is the NL MVP and crushing us at every opportunity. So he's basically stepping on our throats every chance he gets. And I'm kind of not a fan of it, but I do think that it's good for baseball, and I do think it's going to continue. All right. You mentioned the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's talk some Cardinals. I pulled up the roster resource. I'm going to – have some fun with you here. 
Um, Matty Carpenter, what are you expecting from him this year? Medium average, high on base, a lot of runs scored in front of Goldie. Uh, horrible third base play. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was a question mark when they got Goldie, but I understand it. Goldie, I don't need to even ask you about him. Like that guy's just a freak. Um, Paul DeYoung keeps sitting in the middle of the order, and I love Paul DeYoung. Um, is this going to be a thing all year that they let him sit in the middle of the order? Because I really, really appreciate that. Yeah, they're going to. I think um, they're really committed to hitting Goldie second and Carpenter first. So I think the only roster construction you have is either Yadi, Ozuna, or um, or DeYoung there uh, as far as the regulars. Or if they can get their thumb out of their what, they can put uh, J-Mart in there instead of uh, Dexter Fowler and bat him third. I think that would be their, their most optimal lineup. Wouldn't that be nice? Just get one of the greatest hitters on your team in the lineup. What a concept. Literally, I think he's the second best hitter on their team. Like, he just – he came off the bench cold and just crushed that ball against Hayter, and I hate Lorenzo Cain. <laughs> yeah, that was so close. So close. Uh, last guy I'll ask you about the offensive side of things, and it's, it'll just knock off one of the waiver wire guys we got to talk about. Colton Wong is – he went deep again today. The guy just I, – I, I literally tweeted after his last one run today – is the piss test coming before or after the game's over? Like, you know, if it was Eric Thames, he would have taken free tests already by now. Um, Colton Wong, this is the guy, you know, a few years ago, people were hyped up on him. He never reached that expectation. Are we going to see a legit Colton Wong this year? We've seen stretches in St. Louis where he's done exactly this um, for 10 to 15 game stretches. And then he goes and he, you know, over 40, um, so I don't know, man, he's, he's so perplexing of a player. Uh, he, he's a really good base runner. So the stolen bases honestly could be there if he can actually get on base. Um, the power is actually there. He's got legitimate pop in his bat. There's just a lot of swing and miss. So if, if he can, if he can make more contact and, and that's really his biggest bugaboo, uh, I think it would be legitimate. I mean, he's a guy, like you were saying, he was a, a top prospect whenever we, the Cardinals farm system really wasn't that great. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. But he was one of our top prospects coming up, and, and he was somebody that the Cardinals fans were really excited about because he did have some pretty decent numbers uh, coming up with, you know, the power and speed. So, um, you know, I, I think that the people that did pick him up are going to be really happy that they did because – you know, the waiver wire right now, especially in that league, is just so barren. Yeah, definitely. Um, starting pitcher Dakota Hudson, not many people know him unless they follow the Cardinals or their prospect guys. He was one of your higher end pitching prospects, not yep. named Alex Reyes. Uh, what's you, what, what do you what can you tell us about Dakota Hudson? What can we expect from him this year? I put it in the highest bid in my league, not this week, but last week. So that's what I'll tell you because I needed pitching. So, um, but I, I think that, you know, he's got a heavy fastball um, with a nice sink to it, you know, 95. Uh, he locates pretty well in the minors. He had really good numbers last year. And then when he came up, he didn't get a chance to start because we had a full rotation, but he did really well in the, in the pen as well. So I, he, you know, he had his cup of coffee he, he earned his right to, to pitch in the rotation. He wasn't given the opportunity. He stole that from somebody else. So uh, I think that that's something to be said. And the, also the fact that he's pitching as their third pitcher instead of their fourth or fifth, I think he's got a longer leash than what people might even think. No, that's very true. It's a, 
Very interesting because we were just curious about him. How many innings do you think we get to see this year from him? That's the question because how many did he get last year? Let's uh, see. On the majors, he didn't get that many. Yeah. He was mainly a bullpen guy in the main last week. Uh, between the pros and the minors, it was a hundred almost 140 innings overall. Yeah, I could easily see 160 to 170, maybe. So I don't, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it, as long as he keeps the role, um, and that's that's obviously dependent upon him. But um, I don't see anybody else in the Cardinals organization that's just going to jump up and take it from him, other than maybe Alex Reyes. But I mean, I think we saw, you know, Adam Wainwright today, and everybody knows that Alex Reyes should take his spot. So. And when did, when does Adam Wainwright just say screw it, I'm out? Uh, halftime, isn't that what one of the uh, Browns players did last year or That's whatever? The Bills, the Bills, Bills, Bills player, key, yeah, to leave. <laughs> yeah, he said, "No, nah, I'm good." Um, but awesome. no, no, uh, he should have said it last year probably. But I think his pride wants him to have one more good year, and I think he's going to keep chasing that rabbit. And I think that he's going to go way too far down that rabbit hole. Yeah, and they're not going to tell him no because what he's done for the team. So exactly, and the Cardinals are going to take it for him. As a Giants fan, I know they if you win a, if you win a ring with a the team, they sit there and they just let you they'll pay you and they let you hang around. <laughs> enough. They actually paid him quite well. They gave him a decent contract uh two years ago, but this one was a incentive laden one, so he's not gonna make much on this one. <laughs> smart smart ownership there in St. Louis. Yeah, right. we'll give you we'll dangle the carrot if you sign the contract, but you gotta earn it. Right. Um, Jordan, Jordan Hicks has been pure filth. He's developed a new pitch. He is just disgusting. Andrew Miller is the guy you paid to potentially close some games, and he's looked dreadful to start the year. Do you see a point where it's just Jordan Hicks's job and Andrew Miller's just hanging around? I think Jordan Hicks' job anyways. I think Andrew Miller was the the, the middle guy where they want to put out fires. Um, I think that's the honest reason why they even signed him in the first place. I think they they knew that that the rotation that we have that's putting together, we have guys like Wayno and, and Hudson and things like that, that we're going to need um, a time or two where we're going to need two or three innings out of a reliever, and we're going to need two or three dominant innings, and they're going to come in in a spot where we're going to need you to put out a fire. So I think that's why they went out and got Andrew Miller. I thought they had no um, no ideas of closing him in the first place. So yeah, with especially with I think Hicks actually has two new pitches. Um, well, technically not only just one because the slider is it's just so much better this year. Um, but that changeup is just unfair. Uh, it you know he just throws that up there. You know what ninety four? Yeah. It, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. It's pretty damn awesome. Um, you, you mentioned some closer situations that got pretty interesting. We'll, we'll leave the Cardinals for now, um, and we'll, we'll come back to maybe that at a later date and time. But um, we already talked about the Mariners' mess. You know, Nick Rumbelow got to save. Chase and Bradford's got to save. Swarzak's coming back. Yeah, everyone thinks of Swarzak. I don't know. Just stay away. But uh, one that you mentioned that's very interesting is Ian Kennedy picked up the save on Saturday because Boxberger struggled and came in, and then after the game. They said basically Ian Kennedy, Boxberger, and Willie Peralta will go by committee for the rest of the season, or at least for the time being, <laughs> which is just so freaking awesome. Just outstanding work here. Do you have any interest in any of those guys, if that's the case? So I picked up Ian Kennedy because he's a starting pitcher that would get saves, and I'm in a league that has two relief pitching spots and a starting pitcher spot for like a head-to-head week. Uh, weekly league. So just to give the advantage of that one category, 
but I ended up dropping them this morning anyway. So no, no, none of them are appealing to me whatsoever. What about Baltimore? Mike Wright picked up the save over the weekend. You got Richard Blair, Michael Givens there. It's a gigantic mess. Any desire in Baltimore? Uh, I like Michael Givens a lot, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people really are uh, off of him, but I think he's going to have a really long leash. I don't think that uh, – I'm, I'm not sure why Wright ended up getting that save. It was a weird situation, but um, if, if I'm reading the tea leaves the way that I think I'm reading them – uh, I think Michael Givens is, is going to get the bulk share of the, you know, I would say 75% of the opportunities there. And that's enough to probably get 20, 25 saves. Yeah, he should be for sure. Uh, Minnesota, Trevor May, Taylor Rogers, Blake Parker. It's been a little bit of mix and match going around there. Uh, everyone thought, you know, initially it'd be Trevor May's job than Blake Parker, but Taylor Rogers have come out of there with a save already. So how do you approach the Minnesota situation? Isn't it always fun week to week, the new closer deals we have to deal with in baseball these days? See, and, and that's what kills me. So, like, I'm the person where I typically like to pay for closers because I don't want the situation yeah. where I'm chasing down the rabbit hole and then you're going to, to grab a guy that has a one-third share and then, you know, he blows one game and then he loses his third share. So I, I just don't want that. I want guys that have the security where if I have a three bad game stretch or if he has a three get bad game stretch, he's going to have the closer role at the end of it. That's yeah. that's my that's the guys that I like to grab and, and typically ones that give you elite ratio, stuff like that, too. Um, let's talk about Tampa Bay. I want to talk people off the ledge, but still keep something on, in, in mind. Jose Alvarado, he got the first two save chances, yep. got her done. Uh, Diego Castillo got the third one. I th- I think it was because Alvarado they want they don't want to use three games in a row. Do you think Diego Castillo is a save vulture in the making? I don't. Uh, I actually dropped him last week. Um, I had Alvarado, so I had him as a handcuff for myself. Uh, and then I just looked at it as you know I I don't think that he's going to get that many opportunities. Also, I had some pretty you know pretty wicked injuries and things like that. So I, I had no spots left. So I had to drop somebody. Um, he was just the low guy on the totem pole at that point. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew that he was going to get a couple, I, I think maybe caps out at maybe I would say eight. I think okay. that's where I would put the over under. That's fair. I, I just, I, one thing about the, the raise that bugged the hell out of me is I was sitting here getting ready for this and I had MLB tonight on, and the Rays are up like seven to one, and they brought Alvarado in the seventh, the eighth inning to face some batters. No idea what the hell's going on there. That just didn't make sense to me at all. Um, let's talk oh, about wow. Mar- tonight. Yeah. That happened. Yeah, tonight that happened. So that's huh. just it makes me want to watch it a little closer. Wonder what the heck's going on there. But uh, let's talk Miami Marlins. Everyone was really pumped. Trevor Richards, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, Caleb Smith. Smith looked decent tonight, striking out the world. Sandy Alcantara was pure filth over the weekend racking up the strikeouts and some shutout innings. All of them pitched pretty darn good. What's your takeaway from this Marlin rotation? Bravo. The Marlins did something right. Like, honestly, like they threw Y.E. Chen in the bullpen and then they just outrided uh, Dan Straley and good for them for doing that and, and not, you know, holding him back from an opportunity where he would be a starting pitcher in some organization. Um, but man, bravo, uh, for doing the right thing and for actually giving their fans what they need, which is a little bit of life. Like you see those pitchers and they have, you know, a little bit of fire to them. And that's exactly what that fan base needed. Not necessarily a good team, but somebody that they can root for. And that they're, you know, every fifth day you have somebody who is going to potentially throw in a gem. 
Yeah, no, they. I love the fact they actually did it. Really good options there. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll talk about Alcantara in a minute because we're going to do the waiver wire talk here. But uh, it, it's going to be fun to see where he picks up from because everyone was talking Pablo Lopez, Caleb Smith, Trevor Richards. And most thought, you know, Alcantara was just going to throw in. He had bad control, even though people forget he was a high cross prospect that you know very well from the Cardinals system. Yep. He comes out there and just looked awesome. So I, I, was, I was very impressed with that. Um, any other takeaways from the weekend, or do you want to talk some waiver wire? Yeah, waiver wire it is. Okay, I'm going to go off. It's a thing I'm going to do every first podcast of the two podcasts of the week. We're going to recap the big moves in TGFBI for the week. Shimada is an awesome job of his all his different websites he's got going on there for the for the TGFBI. But he does a weekly recap of the um, the waiver wires. He has the fab bids. You could any way you want to go about it. So. I'm going to ask you about some of the, the higher bidded guys or some of the, the, the most added guys along the lines. First off, Adam Jones. He's only added in one league, but he's for $122 for crying out loud. Um, yes, Steven Souza's out. Do you have any desire? And I'm guessing he won't pay $122, but do you have any interest in Adam Jones uh, going on the rest of the year? I looked for him in mine and he was gone. So, yeah, I did have an interest in him. Uh, I think he's got the open opportunity. I think he's got the right ballpark. I think he's in a, an okay lineup. Um, he's probably going to play at the top of the lineup every day or, or pretty close to the top of the lineup. Um, there's a lot There's a lot that go, could go right. And if things start to go wrong, I mean, you know, when to cut bait. So I think he's a pretty easy ad in most leagues. Yeah, I'm pretty butthurt because I drafted him with one of my last picks. And then I dropped him. Oh, man. When um, – Matt Olson got hurt because I wanted to get uh, Mark Connor in his power because it looked like Adam Jones wasn't going to play every day. Mm-hmm. And then the day after that happened was when Steven Souza got hurt and then Adam Jones got to play every day and I wanted to break something. So that was outstanding. <laughs> that was fun times. So, yeah. Yeah, no Adam Jones for me. Um, we don't need to talk about Adam Rainwright, but I think it's pretty funny. Two teams bid on him. One got him for a dollar and one for $16 this past week. That's entertaining. Yeah, um, they must be masochists. Yeah, those are people that are like, they, they realize last place doesn't get a prize. I hope. Um, we, we already kind of talked about Anthony Swarzak. He went from anywhere from $2 to 137 two, four, six, eight, And he went in 11 of the leagues, over half the leagues picked up Anthony Swarzak. So something to keep in mind for those out there, he is getting picked up. These are people that kind of know what they're talking about. They think he's going to say, I'm with Phil in this one where I'm not chasing that, uh, I'm not chasing that dragon in, in that situation. Let's talk Bryce Wilson. Uh, the the young pitcher for the Atlanta Braves had a rocky start in Philadelphia. You can either notch that up to it being Philadelphia and their juggernaut offense this year, or he's a rookie, but he went in four leagues and he went from 10 to $50. Do you have any initial thoughts on Bryce Wilson? No, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, but you know, I'm kind of in the same camp with uh, the Braves as I am with the Marlins. Uh, I was surprised that they did the right thing as well by letting some of their young, uh, young arms in the rotation to begin the year. Um, Max Fried, I think that's how you say that. Um, I think he's the guy that I'm most interested in that that's in the rotation or that could potentially jump into the rotation. Yeah, they got a lot of nice, really young arms there to see how they all play out with that one because lots of like, like you said, similar to Miami in that situation. Right. Going, going down the list some more. Don't have to talk about him, but I think someone got drunk and forgot to get the zero out of there. But they got Chris Ivan for 150 bucks. Um, it happens, people. It really does. But uh, in eight leagues, Christian Walker got picked up. I know everyone's out there saying he's placing four lefties this week. He hits bombs, and this is all accurate. 
but he went from anywhere from a dollar to forty-seven dollars. And that's what's fun about these is every league is priced differently. So it gets pretty crazy out there. But what's your thoughts on Christian Walker? I mean, just like you said, he's he's only going to really play against lefties, and he's going to have some upside for power. Uh, I don't think that he's going to supplant um, Jake Lamb against righties, so I don't really think there's too much upside in general. So you have to mix and match, and there's way too much mixing and matching for a only lefty platoon guy. I'm with you there. Uh, Dakota Hudson did go in nine leagues, you know, from a dollar to one hundred and one dollars. So I got him last week. For how much? Uh, I think it was eighty-five. So you would have been the second highest one. Nice. Um, Drew Pomeranz went to four teams. People playing that two spot start start starter guy, but they also are masochists. Um, Eric Lauer, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Went in 15 leagues, anywhere from a dollar to $135. Let's remember, he beat the Giants. Do you have any desire to roster Eric Lauer? Ew, no. Yeah, that one stood out to me big time right there. Like, someone got drunk. I mean, my, my pitching staff in that league is just atrocious, but no, there's no way. One of the pickups I really like, and I'm I'm kind of mad I got outbid on him. I can't remember what, how much I bid, but Frankie Montas went in seven leagues. Um, he's only got one start this week. I think one start next week. Then he'll be a two-start guy. He he was once a highly touted prospect for the A's. Kind of stumbled a bit. Developed a I believe it was a splitter this year and looked filthy in his or slider and looked filthy in his first start. Uh, do you have any insight on Frankie Montas? Another guy I picked up last week because my pitching staff was atrocious. Um, I, I had some severe holes in my rotation last week, and so I decided to pick up them. Uh, I also got Jake Odorizzi, um, but I drafted him with one of my last picks. Um, he'll be up in a second. But um, I really, really like Montas as well. I think he's going to be somebody who is uh, somebody to look out for. I think the A's kind of have the the voodoo magic that the Cardinals once had is with pitchers. Um, where they just get people that you know weren't necessarily that good, and they throw them in their uh, in their under their wing, and then they end up doing pretty good. So um, I think, like you said, Montas is somebody to watch out for. Yeah, I was kind of bummed I didn't get him, but uh, the next guy I did not put a bid. Someone bid two hundred and thirty-one dollars on Greg Holland. Don't don't do fab bids when you're drinking. Um, Hanley Ramirez went to eight teams. Go 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 back to that one because the guy that, no, 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 no. <laughs> the guy that the guy that had Greg Holland dropped him on purpose. Oh no. And posted on Twitter that I dropped him because I feel like he would be more valuable by wasting someone's fab than being on my roster. So that same that, league? That that's that's what the guy said, yeah. Are yeah, we gonna say? Are we gonna say his name, or are we gonna keep that quiet? Uh, I honestly don't know who it was. I'm okay. the I'm the absolute worst about scanning Twitter and not looking at names. So if I, I do that on the pod all the time on mine, so yeah, I I need to get way better at that. <laughs> it's all good, uh, but yeah, I saw two thirty one. Like I get it, paying for saves if you need saves if you're desperate, stuff like that happens. But yeah, he's gonna have a really long leash. Oh, that's the thing. Is I talked about it last week when people were clowning on it. I said, this is what they do. They gave Boxberger. They gave Rodney a lease. They signed him to the contract for a reason. Like, uh-huh. he's, he's not going to have to be lights out to keep the job until at least August like or in, sometime in July. So that's three, four months of maybe a four-and-a-half ERA, but he might get you 20-plus saves. Right. 
So if you can tolerate it, this if you need saves, that's why I get paying for him if you need him. I'd rather pay for Greg Holland than Anthony Swarzak. Um, right. Or like Egan Kennedy, who like 10 or 11 teams paid for. We already talked about him. So I, I get it all, but like 231, I'd love to know what that runner-up bid was. I'd really love to know. See, that that's back to my thing where I was saying like I like kind of like Michael Givens this year mm-hmm. um, because I think that he's pretty cemented in the spot. Kind of the same thing with Holland. Like, I don't want to chase something where, you know, you have one third of a percent chance of, of getting anything out of them. I, it, I, that's not my game plan. Let's talk about uh, an elderly man. He went from $2 to $9. <laughs> Hanley Ramirez is playing every day because of the beat up Indians roster we talked about. He has their only home run on the season, Phil. Hanley Ramirez, the only, the guy that got DFA'd last year and no one picked up. It now is on the Indians, and he has their only home run. And he, someone paid $90 for him. That was a monster hit. That, that shot was just a moonshot, though. Um, but no. Why? No. <laughs> I, I didn't even consider putting in a bid for Hanley Ramirez. I might regret that. I really might, I, but I don't think I will. I really don't. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad baseball. Um, you mentioned Jake Odorizzi earlier. You already had him. He was uh, one of the more added guys. Went up to $113. Uh, Jordan Zimmerman, five guys picked him up all the way up to sixty-seven bucks. Uh, he was really, really good his first time out. The Indians or the, the Blue Jays have been suspect to starting pitching to start the year. David Hess had a no-no through seven and yeah. got yanked. That was one of the better pieces of film I've ever seen. Was what that trip to the mound to pull him out. Um, the, the locker room should be fun later today. Um, but Jordan Zimmerman looked good. We saw this last year. Do you believe in Jordan Zimmerman? I want to say yes, but I'm going to go with my heart and say no. Yeah, he did this to us last year. He started out really, really good, and then boom goes the dynamite. It disappeared. Uh, we already talked about Colton Wong. He went to like 12 or 13 teams, anywhere from $4 to $77. If he does reach that potential, you talked about this, all those guys, even the $77 guy could get a steal with that pick. That's, that's exactly, the, exactly what I was just thinking. That's one of the pickups that I don't disagree with at all. Like I'm – Totally 100% on board with that one. He has a starting spot all year long at a premium position, and he's going to give you counting stats. It's it's a no-brainer. Yeah, I got, I'm good with that one. Like, Yeah, because you see we're talking Morans, Ian Kennedy's, but Colton Long, like you said, he's playing. Like, this is happening. <laughs> like, you don't have to – like, he's not getting subbed out of the lineup for something. The, the platoon days of Colton Wong should be over, I'd assume. So I mean, he's – We're pretty good. He just won the gold glove – or he's gold glove defender, basically. Uh, caliber defender, at least. I know he didn't win it, but he had the – what was it? The the best defensive run saved by a second baseman last year or something along those lines. I mean, he was, he was really good. So, they're not they're not swapping him out. They want that middle infield defense. Uh, you mentioned we just mentioned Colton Long, former top prospect. Well, Lucas Giolito traded from the Nats. He was once the Nats' major prospect. He's shown signs of being really good and signs of just disaster. We know he worked on things. It was talked about in the, the, the spring training. He comes out and looks really good. Six and two thirds, two earned, eight Ks um, against the Royals. You know, not a great offense, but he still looks really, really good. Uh, four guys picked him up. Uh, the max was only twenty-seven bucks. I want to be a Giolito believer. I'm not there yet, but I want to be. What's your thoughts on Giolito? I feel like I'm in the same boat as you. I'm, I'm at heart kind of a prospect guy. So like when prospects come up and they struggle that bad, I just feel so bad that you know they've never struggled in their entire life, and then they get to the biggest stage and he just 
cannot do anything that he's always done. Um, so yeah, I, I really feel for him and I really want him to be good, but I just, my, again, my heart, I just don't think I can trust him. All right. Can you trust the maker of shoes and his seven shutout innings with seven strikeouts against the Blue Jays? I think I can trust him more than Giolito. Interesting. Why? Track record. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just curious. I think track record. I mean, you know, Shoemaker, I believe, has had, unless I'm severely mistaken, um, some stretches where uh, he had some pretty good ball. I think uh, I owned him. He's looked good. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, I owned him a couple of years back, and, and he had, you know, some good, what, 2-3 ERA for maybe a 10-15 game stretch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been good. Uh, Rowdy Telez, uh, I had the highest bid at $67. I really thought he'd go for more, but the next lowest in a different league was 40 all the way down to it. Someone got him for a freaking dollar. I, I would love to know that person in that league, and I want to be in it next year. Right. But, um, like, the next lowest bid in my league, I think, is like 27 so I still overbid quite a bit, but – at least it wasn't a dollar. Like, what the heck, people? Um, I, I, I like the power upside, the hard hit rate. This guy's just a pure hitter. Um, he's not going to go win a 40-yard dash, but we don't need him to. Um, any thoughts on Rowdy Rowdy? I think he's he's going to play every day. He's a big boy, and he's got some power. I think he's a very interesting ad. Uh, you know, especially in that lineup, once they get um, – the Vlad Jr. kid, I think he's good. Uh, once, I heard, he, once he I heard gets, he's not bad, I, but I heard his defense isn't good enough. But his obliques hurt, so yeah, maybe. You know what? The one thing that I was thinking of when the Blue Jays keep getting no hit is, um, I'm sure glad that Brandon Jury can play third base defense because without him, that team would be quite awful. Yeah, it'd be really, really bad. You know, Brandon Jury leading off and playing third base, he's making that team a contender, a contender for last in the East. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I seriously, I think that when they traded Kendris Morales, it's like okay, now a DH spot's opened up. Now, of course, Rowdy's in that spot, but like your excuses are starting to run out here. Just right. bring the goddamn kid up, right? <laughs> like, right exactly. Like, Jesus. Um, all right, uh, we talked Sandy Alcantara already. He was popular anywhere from eleven dollars to two hundred and six dollars. Uh, Steven Duggar was a popular ad. I'm not going to talk about him. He's a leadoff batter for the Giants. He's okay, but I was kind of surprised as to how heavily owned he is. Just the fact that 15-team leads and you can get a leadoff guy. Uh, we talked to Taylor Rogers of the Twins already. Not too much to talk about there. But Tim Beckham, Tim freaking Beckham, two, four, six teams got him. They were from 52 to 125. I'm assuming some teams got him after the Japan series, so there wasn't much there. But in these leagues, they were no believers till now. Do you believe in Tim Beckham? I believed after the Japan series. I, I, I know it's a, a theme on this one, but I spent early in the uh, in the first week because uh, last year I had a problem where I had money left over, and I, I got to the point where the guys weren't worth any of the money. So I just, you know, I, I threw in the towel. I had I think it was twelve people at one time on the DL, and then you know my season was just completely over. So. Um, Moral of the story is is that the counting stats from the Japan series counted for the first week as long as you slotted them into the lineup on the first day. So I did that, and then he he rewarded me heavily. Um, so he stayed in my lineup for this week, and if he keeps going, then I'm going to be happy. But he is the number one overall uh, pick previously, and he's a guy that back in 2017 had a really good year. 
Um, you know, that was his first actual good year, um, but he was injured last year. And I think that he could easily have the kind of similar year to 17 again. Um, you know, I, I think again, it's, it's basically the same thing I said about Colton Wong or what you were saying about Colton Wong that I agreed with is that every one of these bids could be a decent value as long as he just keeps his job. Yeah. Like there's always bids where you're looking at it going, eh, I don't know about that guys. Like Taylor Rogers for 150, that might suck, but it might work out. Like Beckham, yeah, if he just plays every day, he was one of my my shortstop preview when I did late round sleepers. He was my guy. I circled. I'm like, this is the guy, former top prospect. We've seen him be good, not right. every year, but we've seen him be good. We can't say that about a lot of late round picks. Like, so we know it's in there somewhere. Uh-huh. And he, he's already got a two run double tonight. Like the dude's hitting. And uh, in baseball as a game, if you have confidence, you can do a lot of damage. And Right now, he's very confident. Um, you know, he was young. He was moved around to different teams. He got moved back and forth from the pros and the minors. There's a lot going on with that kid. Now he's comfortable. Um, they went and traded for J.P. Crawford, and they sent him down because they believe in Beckham. That's got to go a long ways in his confidence. So, um, uh, yeah, I like that move quite a bit. Last guy we'll talk about, he went to six teams as high as 76 bucks. He dealt seven shutout innings with seven strikeouts over the weekend. Yanni Chirinos. He was a part of the opener brigade last year, but the fact they let him start and go seven has me all kinds of excited. And I'm I'm kind of mad I didn't get him this past week. It's going to cost me a lot of money next week. Um, what's your thoughts on Yanni? Because this guy's to me, his stuff is really good. But am I just overlooking it? Yeah, I was kind of surprised they gave him the start as well um, because of the, the way he pitched in the bullpen. Um, but man, I, I didn't realize that he did that well. Maybe I need to take a check take a look and see if he's available in mine. He probably got picked up in mine. My league's got some sharp shooters in there, man. I I know that all, all these leagues have, you know, some, some decently smart people in them, but man, I feel like I'm in one of the leagues of death. So, um, not fun, but you, you skipped over one guy that I wanted to talk about though. Do you mind if I jump back? No, what you got? Um, so how the hell was Matt Olson dropped by two teams? Oh, I was wondering about that. And, I didn't see that. Look at that. <laughs> and pick. And, so what the hell are you doing? Like, are you just giving away Matt Olson to people? Is that what's going on? Cause I mean, sure. He'll be out for a few weeks, but I mean, I guess it's the same thing I said earlier about, uh, about, no, Justin Upton, um, oh, yeah. it, you know, bird in the hand, I guess is better. But I mean, if you look at it, like, the fact that his power upside is so much more immense than almost anybody that you picked up on waivers. I I just don't, uh, it baffles me. Yeah. The concern with Olsen and I agree with you. Like I've kept him in other leagues, even leagues without DLs, just because I I have to see like I I hit pure desperation before that happens. Maybe these teams had like seven other injuries. Who knows? Uh But, But, um, the hammy bone, it does zap that power for a little while. So I can see that concern factor there. I get that. Um, so you have to wonder where it comes back. Usually it takes a little while for it to all come back to you. But I agree. A guy at Matt Olson's caliber coming into the season, I thought this was a 35 homer guy. And to just let him go that easily. Uh, again, like I said, with so many of these, I'd love to know what the, the runner-up bid was because that $100 bid, like what if no one even thought about bidding on him? You could have got him for a buck. Like just think about that. Mm-hmm. So it makes me want to go look at my waiver wire now. <laughs> because I figured I, like I put him on my watch list thinking, okay, I'll wait till he's like a month out and go grab him for like 30 bucks. But apparently that's already changing. Oh, so he's on your waiver wire too? Oh, no, I have to check. But I, I, in other leagues, I've looked at him. He, uh, is on, okay. he, is, he is on some other leagues for me. Hmm. 
Yeah, no, yeah, one, there's, no there's, one in my league's decided to drop him, but I'm I play mostly dynasty and and long term oh, yeah, league. So there's, not, there's none of that happening. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no chance at hell. No chance at all. Um, we got a listener question or a listener with like three questions. Let's go over those real quick. It's at Simon Raquel. Uh, Raquel, sorry, Simon Raquel. Um, we already kind of hinted on the Trevor May. What's his thoughts on May coming in the seventh? Do you think Trevor May's droppable though? Yeah, I mean. Depending on what's on waivers, but I mean that's always the the coward answer. But um, there, there's nothing in Trevor May's ability that makes me just say yes. I'm happy to own him. So yeah, easily droppable. We also hinted on this one earlier. But what's your thoughts on this exact question? Can the Rockies resist the urge to start Mark Reynolds every day at first base? Absolutely not. There's no <laughs> way in hell. They wrote it in pen. Yeah. Um, and then with the DH coming up, because they're in Tampa right now, I didn't even look at the lineup today, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's still the same old garbage as we expected. All right, Phil, it's been a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. We'll have to do it again sometime, but why don't you let everybody know where they can find you and what, you're, what you guys got going on with the podcast and everything. Yeah, so uh, Phil, I'm at the Baseball Jedi. Uh, we got Fan Front Office uh, podcast going on. Uh, we do that once a week. Um a lot of the same listeners, I'm sure. The, <laughs> we have a, a nice, uh, nice close knit community that we have uh, as far as listener bases uh, concerned in the fantasy baseball area. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been really fun uh, chatting baseball with you, man. I, I'm I'm happy to talk baseball with anybody at any time, and if you want to push the record button in the beginning of it, that's cool with me too. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's what we talked about before the podcast. Uh, Absolutely love just recording and talking baseball. Can do it all the time. So we will, we will do it again sometime. But everybody, go check go check them out on Twitter at the Baseball Jedi, as you said, in the fantasy front office. Great guys. We've had many of them on the show before. Awesome group of gentlemen over there. But this was Bench with Bubba, episode one fifty eight, talking some fantasy baseball. We will catch you guys next. time. Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.